Hi, I'm Joe Bates and welcome to Joe Bates Explains It All. So before we start today, I've got a little charity appeal that I'd like to play out. I do a lot of work for charity, uh, mostly just to build up karma and eventually hopefully get something back in return. It hasn't really worked out so far, but I'm sure if I went to the karma ombudsman, they'd tell me that it's all going to come in one big moment soon. Like, I'm going to win the Oscar for Most Informative Podcast, and then whilst I'm on stage, I will do a scratch card and win £50,000. Then at the after party, my hero, Brian Eno, will ask me if I want to collaborate on a new ambient album with him. When we're making the album, he'll reject all of my suggestions for not being relaxing enough, and then just tell me to go away in reception. It'll quickly become clear that he's only got me on board so I can pay for the studio time with my scratch card money. But still, overall, it's a win, because I got to meet the world's only good bald man. And I do think I deserve something like that to happen to me, because of all the money that I've given to charity in my life. But to seal the deal, I'm going to use this time to play out that charity appeal I mentioned. Please don't skip past this. If you listen to the whole thing, you get an extra life, like in Duolingo. We're all struggling at the moment, but one group of people deserve our support more than anyone. These are people who don't have enough money. Some of these people work, but at the end of the month, they still don't have what they need to live the lives that they want to live. They're people who, despite what they've been through, have always been there for us through everything, giving up their own space to provide us with shelter. These people are landlords. Landlords have had it tough recently. The cost of living crisis in the war in Ukraine has meant they've had no choice but to put their rents up because landlords are particularly stressed out by war and they find having money very relaxing. But many people are selfishly deciding to stay living at their family home, depriving landlords of their income. Property prices are also going down and if this trend continues, in 20 years' time, we face the horrible prospect of houses being actually affordable. Landlords' livelihoods will be destroyed if any Tom, Dick or Harry can have their own home. Well, not Tom, Dick or Harry. They sound like nice middle-class names who probably should own their own homes. But if any Wayne, Craig or Tiny Tim can buy their own house, that could be the end for landlords. A sad story, but not everyone thinks so. It's amazing how many people hate landlords, but yet are happy to stay in their houses. People have sympathy with nurses or train drivers who want an increase in pay, but they're happy to call for a rent freeze or even a rent cap, which would mean landlords' money would go down. Despite all of this, landlords get on with their job and they never go on strike. And if they ever did go on strike, you might not even know this because they won't make a big fuss about it. I worked out recently that since I moved to London 12 years ago, I've given over £50,000 to landlords. It brings me so much joy on the 23rd of every month when my direct debit goes over to my landlord, Mr. CBRE Group. I've never met Mr. Group, but I can imagine his little face when that money goes in. Then him going out to the park and frolicking with all the other landlords. And I'd like to appeal on behalf of these landlords for two things. One, to give landlords key worker status to acknowledge all of their great work, 
and get them some discounts at shops and cafes. And two, to make sure that you, the listener, keep up with your rent payments and accept or even suggest increases to your rent. Because remember, if you give a landlord a fish, it'll feed him for a day. But if you give a landlord £1,500 a month every single month for years, he'll be able to buy absolutely loads of fish. Or maybe use the money to buy something other than fish that he likes more. Maybe he's a vegan landlord. Those exist. Just because you exploit people doesn't mean you have to exploit animals. Landlords are human beings after all. They've given you a little room in their home. So please, give them a little room in your heart. Sorry, that charity appeal did go on a bit long. I just really do love landlords, but also it is related to the theme of this and the next episode, which is Joe Bates Explains Houses. I'm an expert on houses, having been in and around them for most of my life. Specifically, I'm an expert renter of rooms in houses. I've never lived in a place that was owned by me or my family. I grew up in a council house in Middlesbrough. After I left the house, my dad eventually did buy it at a massively discounted rate on the right to buy scheme, which was introduced by the Tories as a way to get rid of council houses. He'd lived there so long in that house and property prices are so relatively low in Middlesbrough that he was actually able to buy the house with some turnips from his allotment. I'm so grateful to my dad for waiting until I left home before buying our childhood home, so I can genuinely say that I did grow up in a council house, because this does make everything I say more authentic, and on balance I'd much rather have authenticity than silly things like money. Which is lucky, really, because since leaving Middlesbrough for London, I've never had the money to buy a place or even rent my own place. That's my own fault for making a lot of bad choices and having such poor parents. That was a very early error on my part. I should have chosen differently. Like, my mum works in WH Smith, so whilst other parents were helping their kids out with deposits, I was getting discounts on printer ink. And I'll never forgive her for her poor career choices. But my loss is your gain because now I'm an expert in renting rooms and I'm here to help you become one too. So in this first part, I'm going to talk to you about finding a room and making yourself appealing to landlords. And then in the second part, I'm going to be talking about things like dealing with quirky, psychopathic housemates. And there's going to be a second short section on saving up for your own home For my aspirational Tory listeners, we'll just play a small burst of house-related music and then we'll get on with part one. Part 1. Finding a room. 
Before you start your search for your perfect rented room, you need to ask yourself the question, what is a room? You may associate it with things like comfort and privacy, but if you open your mind, anything can be a room, no matter how small and open to the elements it is. With this in mind, you'll be prepared for the type of room you're going to see when you're looking. And the flats themselves are also going to challenge your outdated preconceptions. You may have heard the phrase, you should never ship where you eat, but London landlords are like, why not? Why shouldn't I put a toilet in the kitchen? And they're right, it's all just different types of water, really. What I'm saying is, you've got to adjust your expectations. For instance, do you really need a room with a door? Of course you don't. In fact, the energy and time you save on pushing open your door all the time could be used instead to take up a hobby, such as going on long walks to get away from the people you live with. Also, if you're going to get a good deal, you're going to have to accept a lot of compromises. I had a good deal when I first moved to London. It had a massive garden. It had two bathrooms. It had 12 people. 12 is a lot of people. Like, I consider myself a people person, but I didn't think I was a 12 people person. I didn't think that anyone was a 12 people person. But then I thought to myself, well, Jesus was a 12 people person, and look at how successful he was. Sure, maybe he mainly just had to hang around and do religious banter whilst he was with the apostles and didn't have to sort out a cleaning rota with them, but still, it's something. Looking back now, I think differently. Jesus was almost certainly a landlord. There's nothing in the Bible to suggest he did a full day of work in his life. He was able to travel a lot, and he clearly had the financial freedom to pursue creative hobbies like carpentry and learning magic. Back then, though, I told myself that Jesus would have accepted that cheap room in Lewisham, so I did as well, and I ended up staying there for seven whole years. And although living with 12 people wasn't ideal, I can confidently say that those seven years weren't all awful. I'll share my wisdom from how I made those seven years not an outright failure in the getting on with your housemates section in the next episode. We'll take a little short break now and have a little more house-related music. And afterwards, we'll be talking about getting a view in and nailing that place in the shared house. Part 2. Getting a house viewing. So as a reminder of what we covered in the last part of the show, remember you need to compromise early and often when you're looking for a room and you need to lower your standards until they barely even exist. That's helped me get many places in shared houses, including that brilliant deal I got with those 12 people. But one big change to the rental market from when I got that good deal all those years ago is that there are much fewer rooms available now and they're all much more expensive than they were then. 
I've just done a search for London on spareroom.com and there's only three rooms available in the entire city and one of these rooms is £900 a month and seems to be just one of those wooden boxes that magicians put their assistants in before they saw them in half. It looks very ominous, but I'd say if it was £800 I'd probably risk it. There are very slim pickings at the moment on the rental market unfortunately. Most of the posts on these type of websites like Spare Room are just of people themselves asking for somewhere to stay, alongside a little profile and some photos. It's like a fun new version of Tinder, but for not being homeless. And you're probably going to have to do it yourself if you want a room when one comes up. Most people looking at these profiles will be landlords or tenants kindly doing the landlord's job for them because they don't want to be evicted. You definitely don't want to use exactly the same profile and photos that you use for dating apps for these type of profiles unless you want all the offers you receive to be very creepy. But you can use your dating profile as the basis for your renter's profile and here are some little tips on adapting your dating profile to appeal to landlords and tenants. Photos For your dating profile you want photos of you looking attractive and fun but on your renter's profile you want to look homely and dull. Add photos of you doing things like getting a very early night where you look really dowdy and friendless to reassure the landlord that you're not going to bring in other outgoing people who will have a good time and destroy the value of their property. Hobbies. You'll need to adapt these as well to ones landlords and housemates might like. So instead of saying you like travel, say you like hoovering. Instead of saying you're looking for a partner in crime, say you're looking for a second job to make sure you always keep up with rent payments. And instead of saying you're open to new experiences, say you're open to living in a house with black mould. Renters profile no-nos. Whatever you do, don't have photos or make any reference to pets or smoking, as these are landlord kryptonite. Landlords hate the idea of people smoking and having pets, basically doing anything that will make living in a terrible shared house more bearable. If you're a smoker, you should give up. If you've got a dog, you should set it free. If you've got a dog that smokes, well, you need to ask yourself some serious questions. If you do all these things, you stand a good chance of getting the opportunity of a viewing. But you'll be up against many other people who are also going to view the flat, and you'll all be competing to see which of you is the most normal. House viewings are essentially a normal off, where you're convincing people you're a standard everyday person so they'll accept you and once you have a written contract you can then start showing people how weird and annoying you are. They're exactly the same as job interviews and dating. So don't do anything too out there in the house viewings. Just say you like Netflix, socialising but also your own space, hanging out with housemates but also staying in your room forever and whatever you do, don't admit to any weird hobbies that might put people off. 
So for instance, in my case, I'm a 36-year-old man who does stand-up comedy most evenings. If I said that in a house viewing, at best they're going to think sad transphobe. At worst, they're going to think sex pest. So I just downplay everything I'm interested in. And it seems to be working, because I've lived in over 10 shared houses. I must be doing something right. Eventually, after many viewings, you should hopefully be accepted somewhere as someone who is normal enough to deserve a place to sleep. You'll just have to sign the terms and conditions, that's called the tenancy agreement. Then you'll have to sign something that says, I'm not in love, that's the 10cc agreement. And congratulations, you're finally ready to start paying someone's mortgage. But that's just the start. You've potentially got a whole life of house sharing ahead of you. And in next week's guide, I'm going to talk you through how to live in someone else's house, deal with housemates, and eventually, maybe even be able to afford your own tiny place far away from where you actually want to be. So thanks for listening to Joe Bates Explains Houses Part 1. Part 2 is going to be on Resonance FM at 10pm on this coming Sunday, the 18th of December. Obviously that'll be on Spotify and other streaming platforms shortly after as well. Please do listen to it and please do listen to all my podcasts. Again, I really want to stress these take me ages. Uh, This one in particular took me a long time because I had to re-record all of the voices because the first one sounded weird because I did it from bed. I've been Joe Bates. This has been Joe Bates Explains It All. See you on Sunday.